0: let's pray and we'll get started okay let's pray father in heaven thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here we we are so grateful and uh, and overwhelmed and overjoyed father that we can be here together with our family Uh, we pray your blessings upon this church as we move forward we strive father to be the people that we're supposed to be we strive father to be the people that you your son died to make us and we pray your blessings upon us as we move forward, striving, Father, to, to teach a lost world about the saving grace and the saving mercy of your son and and, and of your relationship with us. Father, bless us as we do that. Father, help us as we, as we worship this morning. Father, that our worship will go up to you as a sweet aroma. We thank you so much for the opportunity. Father, bless each one of our families. Each one of us, as we move forward, as we strive, Father, to, to be the examples we need to be, help us to do that as well. And Thank you for the opportunities that, that will come our way. Bless us, Father, each and every one of us as we move forward, and help us uh, as we uh, as we uh, uh, sing and make melody and, and as we worship and honor and as we study about you. Help us to learn and help us to take it to this lost world. Thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I said, we're going to be in First Peter chapter 4. Come on in, guys. I see that uh, that all of you still uh, are uh, gun-shy about sitting right here. You know, I don't, I'm not going to assign seats or anything, but, you know, yet you can see on the screen, if you look at the screen... It's taking in a little bit more of you now than it was before. So they still can't hear you. So if I uh, if I have to if I sound like I'm repeating you, I am. For and that's for the for the sake of the folks online, so they can understand what you're what you said. So they can't hear you. Uh, if you're talking from over there, they're not going to understand. They got to know what you're saying. So I have to repeat it sometimes. So anyway, uh, because Jesus suffered. Okay? Because he went to the cross, because he was willing to suffer for us, because he was willing to die and be resurrected, now we have an opportunity. Because of that, I have an we have an opportunity and really an obligation, not just an opportunity, but an obligation to live for God. The text we're going to look at this morning is what does that mean to live for God? What is it going to look like for me to live for God, for us to live for God? Uh, I know that that uh, that we have a re- we have that responsibility, all right. And I don't think sometimes we take it. I think we. I don't think we. Uh, uh, I don't think we. We. I don't think we understand the seriousness of this sometimes. Jesus died on the cross, folks. All right, and he did it so that you and I can have a relationship with him. That is not automatic. It's not automatic. He has some. There's some definite. Things that God requires of us. Okay? You can say, Oh, Jesus, I love you and everything's okay. That's not the way this works. We have a responsibility and an obligation to put into practice in our lives the things that we're supposed to do, not just on Sunday morning or Wednesday evening. Every single day of our lives we have a responsibility to be the people that, that Jesus died to make us. Okay, in this text, this is one text that he's going to give us some, a few pointers about what is it that means. What is it going to look like for us to do that? Uh, we must, he tells us that in, in the first six verses, especially he said, we must distance ourselves from the sin that the world takes part in. They're going to make fun of you. They're going to not understand. They're going to criticize you because you're not willing to do the things they're doing. The world is lost, folks. They're lost, and they don't know they're lost. Many times, they don't think they're lost. But when you match it up with the book, you know that they're lost. And we have to distance ourselves from that. And uh, we have uh, the gospel that we uh, that we look at, that we talk about. The gospel of the the wonderment of the saving message of Christ to a lost and dying world. That gospel was preached to the very in the very beginning. It was preached. We, we, uh, we have to understand the gospel is what is it, what it centers around is the death, burial, and resurrection, but it's so much more than that. It's the good news that Jesus is willing to die and Jesus is willing to live, set up a kingdom, and I get to be a part of that kingdom. I have a responsibility, all right? And he said, we have a responsibility to live a spiritual life. i got a text I want to take you to before we get into this text. I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 5 for just a second. All right. We're going to look at Galatians chapter five, and I want this as a, as a this is the beginning, all right, of what we're going to be looking at. This is why this is important, right? It is uh, well. Let me just read the text. It's verse 24, Galatians chapter five verse 24 and 25. okay, Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit, and let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. I have a responsibility. If I have crucified the flesh, if I have crucified this old life, that's what baptism's about, guys. Okay, when I go into the waters of baptism, I kill the old man. It's died. It's died, and I bury him in the waters of baptism and rise up to walking in this of life. Then, when that happens, I have been given, granted the the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not going to go into all of what that means, but it's talking about God coming and making His dwelling with me. Now that the temple is clean, He can make His dwelling with me. I can be I can be the the holy place of God. The Holy Spirit lives in me. That's the gift. That was given to me, that was given to us because of what Jesus did on the cross. He said, I can't, the Holy Spirit won't come if I don't do this. Now the Holy Spirit's here. And when I've been washed clean by the blood of his son, then I have that Holy Spirit living with me. And in this text, he tells me, he says, uh, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit has a specific job to do, specific function, specific goals. The, the Spirit of God has in this lost and dying world is to, is to bring to understanding of the lost world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's what it says in the book of John, that He has, his job is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Living in us, living in us, what do you think he expects of us? To convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. So I, it's, it makes a difference how I live. I can't just live this on Sunday morning. I can't just live this on Wednesday night. I have to live this 24/7, 365. That's what the that's what the call is. Now look back at First Peter and look at just some of the things that he tells us here. All right, look at what he said, starting in verse seven. It says the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded, so that you may pray. And I looked at that text, and I had a, looked at a bunch of different commentaries about what that means what it what it means so the end of all things is near none of those guys that were writing believed that Jesus was coming back soon that was not that can be what it is what I believe for me when I read something like that I know I'm 71 years old alright I know the better part of my life is over not the better the majority of my life is over how I make what's left can be better than that but I know that that when it comes to standing on a hill, I'm on the other side. I'm not going up this side, I'm not standing on the top, I'm on the other side. I'm a little further down. You're a little further down, down the trail than I am. <laughs> I know that. And I know and I, and I know that that I have a responsibility because of that to be more conscious of what's going on. There's yes, ma'am. But, but we also can remember we don't want our time yes. That, that, I mean we all have lost young people in our life. That was close for them. Their, their timeline was different, so a lot different. Their 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 uh outlook on on what? length of life, thirty five to forty five, about what it was. Ours now is what 85? 80 to ninety is our outlook on life. What it what it looks. So I may have another twenty years, maybe. Okay, I've already lived seventy one. I've already done that. So I got to know that is that is that a motivation for me no that doesn't motivate me what what it is a motivation is to put these into practice because of what he's going to say in a minute look at what he said look at what he said he said in the he said be alert and sober-minded what does it mean to you when you hear be alert and sober-minded what do you think that means what was it as a christian who knows that the end is coming soon all right I watched a video that Mark uh, showed me the other day, and if you get a chance, you need to let him. It's a, uh, he was showing me how cameras, you know, the kind of cameras, and he was showing it at where his work is. And out of the out of the out of the streak, out of the corner of the camera comes a car, and this is like three o'clock in the morning. Comes a car, bam, hits a telephone pole. Just like that, you know, didn't kill him, but you but you realize how fast it could happen, and your life could be over, could be that quick, and it would be over. And so, you know, when you look at this and say, be alert, sober-minded. I am more alert now for things that I now I'm more alert about different stuff now than I was 20 years ago. What does it mean for you to be alert and sober-minded? What do you think that means? What does it mean? See the, See the world recognize through your choices. choices. Go ahead, Vincent. See I'm 18, the, world. I'm <coughs> the world through different eyes. See a world from the different eyes. What did you say? You recognize the choices that you can have Okay. Quicker. All right? Okay. <coughs> What, it play anybody else to be alert? Well, I, think it, I think it means that you need, you need to focus on your goal. Okay. And your goal is eternal life. Okay. And you have a little clearer vision as you get older of, of what that takes. Yeah. And it helps you stay clear about Absolutely. and understand. Let Things aren't as tempting as they It. Get. it, 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 it Give us a better focus on different things. Now, I am not focused now on what I was focused when I was thirty-one. All right? There was a whole lot different focus when I was thirty one. When I was thirty one, I had little kids. The whole world looked different to me with little kids. Okay. I have grown I have grown sons and daughter in laws, and I have grandkids. Not near the same focus. Not near. Yes, ma'am. What were we gonna say? Well, Linda? I think I hate to bring it up, but it's always there. There's somebody out there seeking who they can destroy. And if we're not sober-minded and we're not looking, we may miss it and fall into the Let me give you a definition. Alert. To be fully aware, specific. to be cautious, and to be ready. That's alert. Be sober-minded. Showing self-control. Okay? In the world we live in, Not with the dynamics of drugs, alcohol, none of that stuff. Forget that. The world we live in, the sin that's involved in the world today, all right, do you need to pay special attention to being aware and to be cautious and to be self-controlled? And why? Because he said so here is one reason, but why? Because of what Linda said. Because the devil is seeking, he's sneaking around, seeking who he may devour. You don't think he's looking at you? You think you're so good and so powerful and so strong that he's not going to look at you? He's not going to come, knock on your door one day, and you're going to, by accident, open it? You forget to look out the peephole? And see, this is not good. I better not do this. And you open the door, and what happens? And he slithers in like a snake, and now he's got you. Somebody had their hand up over here. Yeah, Mark. <clears throat> we went to the jail yesterday, and one of the guys came up to talk and talked to Cole, And he said that I believe that if I do listen to God, I wouldn't be here. Because he tried to get me to go to church. He said, you need to go to church. He said, I'll put it off. I'll go Wednesday. I'll go Sunday. He ended up murdering a person. You know, who's to say that being sober-minded and alert means that we need to be here on Sunday because there may be something God needs to tell us? You know, and I've and I'd look at at it, I know what's out there. We deal with it here on a regular basis, okay? We deal with it here. We deal with the negativity of the world here. I can't even tell you some of the stuff that we've had happen over the last week that we've had the police involved with. You think it's not gonna encroach upon this property? Think again. Think again. I had to remind our young, our older ladies the other day: be careful when there's somebody in a parking lot you don't know. Be careful. You know, so I have to be alert. I have to be aware. I have to be sober-minded. I Have to be mindful of what's going on. And if it, and if there's something that I don't understand, go find somebody that does and take it to them. All right. Something no. you said minute about things. We think we're so good, and we think we're so got it together that we can't be touched. He's already got you. He got you. Yeah. yeah. He got you already. If you're convinced of that. He's already got you. He's got you. Got you already. Now, look at what he says next. Look at, look, thus far. He said, Be alert and sober minded so that you may pray. How can not being alert, not being sober minded, hinder us from praying? We get focused on other stuff. We get focused on the stuff that that is that, that Satan wants us to get focused on the ungodly stuff. And now I ain't gonna pray now. So it you know, I can't pray. Maybe I won't or I can't. I won't, I, I don't feel worthy enough to pray, whatever it is, because I'm, I'm if I look around and I say what what being alert and sober-minded should make, I'm gonna pray even more now because I know that man, I'm up against it. I'm up against it. Now look at what he says here. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Okay? What did he tell us? What did he tell us? Now, he's talking, to, he's talking to Christians as a group. Love each other deeply. What does that mean to you? And how has that ever happened to you where someone has loved you deeply? In the church, I mean, where, where brothers and sisters come together, I told somebody the other day, I said, you understand that you no longer have another family. Do you understand that? Didn't understand that you no longer have another family. This is your family. This is your family. Here, That doesn't take away from the fact that you have brothers and all that stuff. Talking about when when you're letting your other family, your earthly family, dictate to you what you should be doing, guess what's going to happen? If they don't have the same mindset, I want to be around y'all. Because when I was growing up, my family didn't want me to be here, didn't want me to be a part of this, and was giving me advice that didn't did coincide with this. So where did you think I gravitated to? I had a choice. Who was I gonna to gravitate to? Either them or this. And you became my family. I'd rather be here than anywhere else in the world. I'd rather be here than with anybody else. I don't want to be with anybody else. Because you're my family. You're my brothers and sisters. And so when when it says love deeply and that kind of love covers over a multitude how does that cover over a multitude of sin? Tell I me, mean, for you, how does that do that? You know is, you don't dislike, you don't judge. I don't judge. I don't just... Did, <clears throat> have, am I going to do something sometime, God forbid, that you don't like? Well, that's, it's the second most commandment. It is the second most commandment. Well, am I going to do something you may not like? If you love me deeply, and not to overlook it, but to challenge me the right way, to challenge me the way you're supposed to challenge me, the way that God tells us to, if I sound like I'm passionate about this. I am, because it because I have seen it too often in my own life and some of your lives. I've seen people hold grudges. I've seen people be judgmental. I've seen people you know make decisions based on on emotions that weren't really love. I've seen people get married to other people that they should never have been married to. I've, and I've watched it fall apart and, and blow families up. I've seen it happen. I've seen advice be given that was out of love, was out of dictate from the book. I'm gonna I'm gonna I hit you enough time with this book, then you'll then you'll be okay. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. If I love you the way God tells me to love you and I've loved you in spite of yourself, and you love me in spite of myself, guess what's going to happen? God's going to help us come to truth at some point, because we'll be ready to, to hear the truth at some point. That's how it covers. You know, it's not taking away the fact that, that the blood is what washes clean. It doesn't say it's going to forgive sin, but it's going to cover over. You know, if Mark and I had been had, had this mindset when he was young, and I was a lot younger, guess what would not have happened? There wouldn't have been some of the choices he made and that I made that caused a rift between us. Wouldn't have happened if we had loved not as father and son, but as brother on brother. I told you a last week, maybe, I don't know when it was. I said, I love my wife to death. I love her more than anything else in the world. But I know that one day her and I are not going to be married. Anymore. I know that. But we're always going to be brother and sister. Always. Always and i and i love that you know my son is not going to always be my son all right he is my son now but one day we're going to be just two brothers did we handle ourselves the right way while we were here so that we can be brothers there sadly i think sometimes people don't i think they don't and i think when i look at this and it says love each other deeply from the heart this will cover over a multitude if we had done this Guess what would have not have happened? That wouldn't have been sin on his part and my part. We, it, we, would, have, we would have compensated, overlooked, made, made allowances, and done things different. And I think a whole lot of people would not have been affected the way they were affected. Because we got a lot of baggage in our family. A lot of baggage I'm not proud of. A lot of baggage he's not proud of. And we could have fixed it if we had just applied this to our lives. So I'm telling you now... Apply this to your life. Apply it now, while your kids are young. Understand if you have a if you have a, a little boy Christian in your life, look at him like your brother, or you know, not as your son. And remember that relationship will be forever. That's eternal. And maybe it will make you love him different than just a mom to a son, or a father to a son, or a mom to a daughter. It'll make you look at him different. Maybe maybe when we, we apply that principle in here, Vic and I will look at each other as brothers in, in Christ and we will and we will deal with each other different than people in the world do. Because people in the world you know, this guy made choices and what did he do? Killed somebody. I I did, I sat down with a guy in jail and, and I'm talking young young guy, young Hispanic guy, handsome guy, has a wife and a little kid. Walked into a cracker barrel and opened fire and shot at the guy six times in the middle of the day on a Saturday with traffic on the, right on, on, on 87. What he think he wasn't gonna get caught? He didn't get to quarrel, they caught him. And I said, Bobby, what were you thinking? Needed money, so you killed him. You see, the mindset that's the mindset in the world, and that was that was 30 years ago. Far as I know, he's still in prison. His whole life is gone. His child is, is grown and didn't have a father. You know, we need, to, we need to apply this principle to our lives so that we make better choices within the framework of the body so that we can be the very best we can be. Nobody's going to want to come here if they don't see this kind of love amongst us. You think? If they do, then, then Jesus was a liar. Because he said, They'll know you're my disciples' house. Not by the love you have for the world, but not by the love that my, that husband and wife have, but how the love you have one for another. When we love each other this way, it will it will ease a lot of the problems. Look at what else he says: offer hospitality to one another, without grumbling. What does he mean? Offer hospitality. You see someone this morning that you don't know, all right, and you know we're having a lunch, and you didn't bring nothing. How can you offer hospitality to someone you don't know that maybe I don't have time to get to, or Dan doesn't have time to get to? How can you offer hospitality? Invite them to come to lunch, and before service, right as service, over, you jet down to churches and buy some chicken and bring it over here. And you offer your, and then you offer to sit with them. What about offering hospitality in your home? I remember in y'all's home, you opened your home to us, and, and for I don't know how long, two years? Once a week, we were in your house every week studying God's Word. And then that house was full. I don't know how many was in there, 10, 12 people in that study. We were studying the book of Hebrews, so you know how long that took for me. <laughs> I'll never forget it. That was a, that was an intense study, wasn't it? That was you and Elwood was coming, weren't you? Yeah. And Tim and Pam and Selka and I Robin and, and Darrell Clemoncheck were there. I don't remember who all was there. Maria. Yeah, Maria and Les Bolden were there. Y'all were gracious to have us. Huh? We were there. Yeah. They were there for a while. They they were there. I mean you know, that's hospitality. When we understand that what we have don't belong to us. You know, we just sat with Paul this morning in a in a budget meeting. How you think that went? <laughs> Paul's a bulldog. Okay? He's a bulldog. He's probably the best we can have as deacon over finance. So he, he, he will not let it go, man. Won't let it go. But you know, the, the point is, is, is part of the problem is is that we don't see this stuff as not belonging to us. This is mine. My, my money. You know, my money. No, it's not. It's God's. My time doesn't belong to me. My house doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. Okay? Now, look at what the next thing, this is the one I wanted to get to. He said, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. All right? I want to stop right there. How do you know what your gift is? How do you know? Do you know what your gift is? Remember, he said, be alert, sober-minded, love deeply. This is going to be a character traits of God's people. Offer hospitality. Show hospitality. Let people know that when you they walk into this place, that you're going to that you're going to be there with your hand out. You say, man, I'm glad you're here. Why don't you come eat with us? Why don't you come over and be with us? Or you see somebody come in with little kids, and you say, Hey, we got a, a thing going on after service. We're going to eat together as a as a, youth, as a as a youth group. Why don't you come be with us? And then he says. And he says, and then use whatever gift you have. Look at what he said. He said, and each of us should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful servants of God's grace in its various forms. Okay? I got another text I want you to go to. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 11, so Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Now listen what he says. To equip God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. What is, what is the job of those at Christ's foot in charge? Call us, you know, maybe you in a Bible class, maybe Bible teacher, y'all, when y'all put together all these things, what's your job? To equip them for works of service. So that what? So that we make a good impression? Is that what he, what did he say? What's what's our, what's the responsibility? What is it, what are we doing this for? To, to build up the body of Christ. To build us up. For what reason? So that we all may attain the fullness of Christ. Now what it says? Look at what it says again. It says, it says until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, have you gotten to where you need to be when it comes to your relationship with Christ? Have you? I haven't. No, I haven't. I'm still growing. I'm still getting there. I'm still learning some things by myself that I don't like and some things that I really am proud of. Just the way it is. So, my question again, back to that question, is uh, how do you think you can find out what your gifts are? How can you find out what your gift is? Let me ask. How many of you figured out what your gift is? How many of you figured it out? You figured it out? What, you, what did you figure out your gift was? Uh, Strongly, really. Okay. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh so, the Packers, right. like so far this that's 6 games so it's an he has so his as a he's like any mm-hmm. 6 game span mm-hmm. is a starter in great oh, think, think about it well you know i mean i think i know you don't have to finish i think i know where you're going you know, if you find out what your gift is, whatever it may be, I can tell you, I'll tell off on her because she's not here. I know what my wife's gift is, okay? I know. She figured it out over years and years and years of applying herself in this particular endeavor, okay? She's really good in that room over there. She's really good. She's good at what she does. Before the stroke, she was really good. She's trying to learn how to be good again in that. She's over there right now. That's where she is with Ginger. Because guess what? Ginger's gift is really good at doing what they do over there. They're going to put together a, a, a spread out here that, got, that you guys brought. You're not going to have to wait till 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon to eat. Guess what you're going to be able to do? You're going to be able to, when that when that service is over, you're going to walk over here and guess what you're going to find? Food's already out, already done, ready to go. Because they're good at their job. They found their gift, and they used their gift to do what? You think they You think they got nothing else to do? You think there's not any work going on over there? Is that what you think? They, they figured it out. You know, when we had it done way before, many times it didn't get done, or it got done and it was 1 o'clock before we ate because they didn't start until after service was over. You know, and I understand that the way they felt these ladies feel like, you know what, we're going to get this done because this is going to serve. This is their worship, guys. One of us will take communion to them this morning. We'll bring communion over here to them because they're worshiping and what they do. Part of worship is the things we do. That's part of worship. And they found out that they're going to do it to serve you. To serve you without any accolades, they're not going to say, nobody. not going to matter what you say or don't say, they're going to do it because that's what they're gifted. How do you find out what your gift is? How do you find out? How do you find out? What do you do? Trial and error. Do. All right. May not be good. I can tell you this. I can listen to myself. I ain't got the gift to sing it. Yeah, I know Larry does. I know he does. I I heard he that he he said he can, I guess he can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Some people think Yeah. <laughs> Being all the people it's okay. together mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. <laughs> in like, to Yeah. 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 So you don't want to <laughs> some, some gifts, Mr. Easel, are like that. Some gifts are they have that. But some gifts okay that's uh that's not it's not you can't do that. Hold on, just a minute, Tim. It's not, it's not Some gifts are, are, are uh are behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. They're more visible. They're more visible? Some gifts are more visible. Some gifts are more visible. I can tell you this. The, the things that Tim Sawi has done for this place over the years, you have no idea. None. No clue. The things that he has done, the the, the pain that he's experienced in this place to do what he believes, you know, he didn't care about money. He didn't care about it. He just this is his life we knew early on early on Roy talked about it know, Tim is a fixture here he has given so much to this place over his life he's given his life for this place and most people won't even know who he is don't even know who he is but that's the way he wants it that's the way he likes it I was here this morning at 630 at 635 guess who pulled up Tim Tim, he pulled up. You know what I mean? But doing what he does, what he's the limited things he can do now. That's what he, he's going to do it with a passion. He does it. What were you going to say, Tim? What were you going to say a while ago? I said the, the gift of, of making people feel comfortable. So okay. Uh, like, the- like I said, some of these gifts are not visible. Okay. What Cole does, what we do, that's visible. This is visible. People all over the world can hear. They're going to watch this. But but what about that those gifts that people do that nobody ever hears about? Nobody ever it's still serving. There's things that are being done for you on a regular basis that you don't have any idea about. That people here are willing to serve. I don't want to go I don't wanna go in the nursery. Man, I don't wanna go in there, man. I I don't. I, I you know, it makes me wanna crawl and beg. Please don't make me go in there. <laughs> I don't wanna do that. You know, I don't want to go teach a bunch of kindergartners. I don't want to do that. I just don't. I can't say I've done that, been there. That I didn't. Never did want to do that. Because I found out early on what my gift was and what it wasn't. You know, that's not my gift. You know, I I can look around this room and I see people who are finally, they're figuring out what their gift is. They're figuring it out, and it was many times it was by trial and error. Sometimes they didn't even realize they had a gift until you walked up to them and said, "You know what? And this may be your gift: encouragement. You know what, man? You really did good. I really would like you to, to do that more. You know something? You know that this morning, I, I don't. I guess you're involved this morning. Jim's not going to be here this morning. Well, I guess I am then. <laughs> I know Keith Bracewell, and I know that 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 you're involved in that a lot of time. Chris has been involved. You know, they're gonna make sure the communion trays get passed out. You know, he's got a job this morning, right? It's gonna be in the forefront, right? Everybody's gonna know who you are. Your name's on the bulletin, isn't it? Isn't it right there? it is, yep. it is right it is. there. Yep, Vic Morgan's gonna be doing the Lord's supper. But nobody's gonna be nobody's got names down there of who's opening the cabinet back there and pulling the trays out and giving it to the people so that you can participate. These guys are gonna do that. They found out that's what they want to do. That's their, that's a talent they have, that's a gift, you know, that they have. Some of us have other things to do, but when we meld together, when the fingers and the toes and the wrists and the hands get together, guess what happens? It functions the way it's supposed to. If you have the mindset of I'm gonna find out what my gift is. How do you use it then to serve? How do you use it to serve people? You know, my, once I've identified what you can use, your, how can you use your gift to serve others? Once you identify what it, how do you use it to serve someone? How do you do that? I was talking to Paul Marshall the other day. Is his family in here? Dan in here? Nope. Yeah, there he is. And uh, Paul Marshall made a specific dish. I didn't even know he could cook. I know he could cook. And I asked him, I said, Who made this? And he went, he headed back to me, he went, and I said, Man, he said, I thought I'm in trouble. And I said, Man, that is awesome. That is an awesome dish. And it was and it was because of that he now he made another dish for today that I can't wait to try. And he made it specifically for my grandson. Because he knows my grandson likes this particular meal. That's certain. That's certain. You know, that you serve by using your gift to encourage and edify others. Sadly, my grandson's not here today. But you know what? I told him It might not be here. He said, then take a bunch for him so you can eat it tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take some of it to him. And I'm going to make sure my grandson knows who made it. And he made it for him specifically to edify. He's nine. Okay? How do you think that's going to make him feel? When everything in the world is telling him he's no good. Special. That's what we use our gifts for, guys. We use our gifts to encourage people to make sure that they know they're special, that they have they have they have value to us, and I appreciate them and what you're doing. I appreciate I appreciate the way you guys have reached out to to, to Rosie. Somebody came up to me and said, uh, "Barbara, they came up to me. Who was with you, Barbara?" And you know, and y'all y'all saw Rosie at, at Walmart, didn't you? And they and she saw the credit card. And that's it. Y'all go there, you know, and they got to talk. That's encouragement. That's encouraging to her, man. You know, just that's, that's how we use our gifts. Find a way to encourage someone, and you may not get any accolades. You may not get anything. Nobody may ever even acknowledge you. I can tell you something. Come up to this place and go into a dirty bathroom, and you're going to want to find the person who's supposed to be up. You may not care any other time until that one time, right? Let's let Cole not show up and see what happens. We've had that happen before. And somebody gets a call or gets a, a face at nine o'clock in the morning, and said, "You're up this morning." What? <laughs> you know, use your gift to serve, to serve with passion, understanding that it's my family. And if you're not part of this family or you're not coming regular, man, I'm telling you what you're missing. I'm telling you what you're missing. The love. And the com- camaraderie, the compassion, you know, that this place has—it's the only way, only way that we can survive in this world. The only way. And Jesus and Peter knew that. They knew you're not going to survive in this world because the world is so bad and so despicable. We have to have each other to elevate each other, to grow each other, to become. I need somebody putting together two children's classes so that I can teach their parents in here, and we serve each other by doing. It. I teach their parents and y'all teach their kids, and it works. Okay. We're going to pick it up from here next week, guys. Thanks so much. We'll, uh, we'll see you all next week.